keeper. Tools up for three. Boom! Knocks it down. Curry from the corner at three. Puts it in. For overtime. Makes it. Garrett. Welcome to the latest edition of the MVP cast and me, Mark Woods. Thank you so much, as always, for your company. That's that time of year again. My very, very favourite time of year again. It is a major international tournament for Great Britain. Eurobasket women starting this Thursday evening in the Slovene capital, Ljubljana. GB opening up against the house and hope springs eternal in a group that also includes the perennial runners-up France and those other outsiders, Germany. Now, what to make of this particular tune? Let's give you a little bit of a flavour from within the GB camp of how this might go, what the, the feelings and the hopes and the aspirations are. Let's hear first from head coach Chema Butheta and the new captain, Temi Fagbenli, on how they see a new look group of players faring on the European stage. Well, obviously a completely new team, but we're going to bring the same passion, the same fire. Um, obviously, same coach. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be a fight. That's what we know how to do and until the end. So expect a fight. Well, I think it's been amazing the commitment of the players to participate. And it is true what Temi said that uh, the team is new, but the passion is there. And I think this has been always our best friend, passion, trust each other, play as a team, and this is what we will try to do. You know? Our preparation was, well, okay, maybe shorter than other teams, but it doesn't mean that it was worse, okay? And then uh, I hope that we can be ready. Well, I hope, I'm sure we will be ready in two days to begin the competition and to go game by game to, to go as far as possible. So there's the thoughts of the new skipper of GB, Temi Fagbenli, certainly the team's most experienced player now, and Chema Butheta, of course, was taking seven tournament debutants among his squad of 12. Let's speak to someone who's been in a tournament once before, someone who's had an incredible journey and a very unexpected one over the last six weeks or so. She was at Eurobasket 2015, she retired from the sport pretty much for three years, just came back last year, was playing part-time, working as an accountant, playing for Caledonia Gladiators. But here she is. It's Erin McGarrigan. And Erin, this has been quite the pleasant surprise. Thank you. I know, I know. <laughs> and tell me about um, this kind of comeback at international level. Because yeah, you went to your basket 2015, you retired mm -hmm. pretty much for three years. You're an accountant, so basketball's the side gig. How unexpected has all this been? Completely unexpected. Um, it totally came out of the blue for me. It was a shock to me. Um, Gemma and Vanessa had approached me, I think, two weeks before the season ended and said that they were interested in me um, coming to camp. And I was like, wait, me? Really? Me? Um, and they were like, yeah, of course. you." Um, so yeah, it was a, a bit of a shock for me because I thought I had, you know, after 2015, kind of hung my boots up from international stuff. But here I am. <laughs> what, what what was the um, what was the sales pitch for them? Because obviously, it's not like you finish the season and you go on a holiday. The schedule's cleared. Uh, mm. How did they pitch this to you? 
Um, well, I guess when they first spoke to me, I was delighted. To, I was really pleased to be um, and chuffed to be invited. Um, but at the same time, I did have some concerns. And the main concern for me was um, my foot and my foot. I, I don't know if you remember, but I had surgery in my foot in 2015. Mm. And ever since then, I've had to kind of manage the load with it. Um, and one of the reasons I had retired from international um, international basketball was that when we were in camp, my foot couldn't manage the like the intensity and the load of all the training. So that was one of the concerns I had kind of voiced to them. And Chema just told me, he reassured me and told me not to worry, saying they have an excellent staff on hand um, in terms of a physio team. Um, and that he had the philosophy of quality over quantity of practice. Um, so it wasn't going to be crazy two a days for five days a week or anything like that. Like when we trained, it would be intense and we would go hard, but it would be, um, you know, one quality session instead of trying to squeeze too much in. Um, so that, and he also said, you know, you're getting on a wee bit, so maybe this is your last chance. He's Exactly. Um, at this level, you know, um, so that, that was kind of it really. Did you did you have that? I guess that logistical thing of like phoning your boss and going, "Hey, mm-hmm. I, I can't need three weeks off." When well, in two weeks' time, or a few weeks' time. Well, that that was also another factor um, in me making my decision. But um, there's been a bit of a change there as well, and that I've resigned from my accountancy job with my old firm, um, and I've now taken up a job with Caledonian Gladiators on a. Um, a somewhat unique contract in that I'll be working 50% in the finance department mm-hmm. and 50% full-time basketball. So on that basis, and after having had the offer from Gemma and Vanessa, I spoke to the team at Caledonia Gladiators and they were more than happy to support me um, coming to camp. So I've been very, very fortunate in that regard. Yeah, imagine the headlines if they turned you down. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's unimaginable. Yeah. Um, yeah. How... How ready were you? I mean, coming off obviously a long season, Gladiators coming second yep. in the league, yeah, yep. yeah, a tremendous first season as a, for for a, effectively a new club. But how mm-hmm. ready were you for the return to? I mean, it, it's a different level of basketball. It's a different type of basketball, different intensity yep. that you find yep. at international level. A hundred percent. And in my own head, and when they had first asked me, I probably would have said, "I'm not ready. I need a whole year to get ready to get." you know to come back into that forum um but i think what we forget a lot of the times is your body's a lot more capable than your mind sometimes allows it to be um and even this past season um if someone had like actually spent a day with me and seen what i was doing every day to do my full-time job and train they would have said that's impossible and i managed to do it kind of unscathed um and so i more took it in terms of like yeah, no, I'm probably not in perfect physical physical condition, but if I can use my head to be smart here, then I do still I still will be able, will be able to kind of hold my own and perform. And when I first came into camp, yeah, you're right, it's a different level, it's a different intensity, and you're, you're kind of playing and competing against the best. But um, a couple of days in, and it is amazing what your body can do because you do adjust and adapt. Um, and yeah, I'm here. I've made the final team. It's amazing. It's an incredible story. I mean, how how do you sort of feel when you're in that situation? And yeah, you know, like for the fast season until the, the the job change. You know, you've you've been a part time player, mm-hmm. and here you are. You're playing and and fighting for minutes against players or you know who have 
been in WNBA. They've been playing full-time pro EuroLeague, yep. top levels in, in the world. Um, yep. Psychologically, do, do, do you go in and go, yeah, it's fine. We're just two players. Mm-hmm. It's a basketball. It's the same height of net, etc., etc. Or do you have to steal yourself mentally and say, hey, I, I'm here for a reason? How does it work? Um, I think there's probably... Th- both of those situations come into play. Um, you have to remind yourself that everyone that you're playing with and against, they're only human too. Yeah, they might have, um, they might be taller, stronger, faster, um, but at the same time, they are just human beings. No one's perfect. Um, so it's good to remember that. Um, but also, I guess coming into camp, being a bit older and having a bit more experience, um, I wasn't as anxious or nervous for me. It was going to be a win-win situation, whether I made the team or not, you know, coming into camp, getting to play with these high-level players and gaining that experience and, you know, rekindling a spark that I had maybe lost a little bit um, and opening my eyes up again to the level that I can and have played at before. Um, So for me, it was just about coming in, enjoying the experience and also trying to um, bring the things that I did well during the season that Chema and Vanessa had recognised, bring that to the team and offer that to the team instead of trying to compete for minutes with um, other people that were here, trying to share that instead of com- compete almost, if that mm. makes sense. Um, so yeah, I, coming with that mentality certainly helped because whether I got caught or whether I didn't, I was I was taking something positive from it um, and it has worked out in my favour and that I have made the final team. Hi. Go back to last weekend or go back to whatever it was, Sunday. Yep. Um, what's the level of nerves as you wait for that knock on the door or, in the case may be, not a knock on the door? Um, oh, in terms of, like, uh, Chema making his decision? Yes. Uh, it's never easy, you know, like, being in this situation. And, of course, everyone's human and everyone makes their own speculated calculations of, okay, they're definitely in the team, they're definitely not in the team. But um, being... The person I am and being at the stage I'm at, yeah, you know, the nerves and the anxiousness kind of creep in a little bit, but I try and manage that in terms of, well, my, my experience has been very positive up to this point and um, if I do get that knock on the door, I, I'll actually leave with a smile because I know that I've given my best and that's all I could give and I've actually taken something away as well. Um, so I, when I was saying that to myself, I wasn't nervous or worried. Um because I knew that either way was going to be good, and it just so happened that it's I'm I'm still here. I've not been sent home, um, so that's that's the best possible outcome. You go back to your basket twenty fifteen, um, mm-hmm. which was co-hosted Hungary and Romania, and your GB went zero and four, so not yep. a tournament you know that you're you're coming away. I guess with I guess enjoyable memories, but not the memories you mm. would want. Yeah. But what do you take? I mean, this is an inexperienced group. And there's only three of you have played in Eurobasket before. Only five yep. of you have been to a tournament because we had World Cup or Olympic qualifiers as well. But yep. what's the residual knowledge that you take from 2015 that you and, and you take for yourself personally that you can share with others that that helps cope with this environment? Um, I think for learning from that experience is that you need to take one game at a time, and you have to go in with a winning mentality. You can't. Um, because of the nature of the tournament, there's no time. There's like very small room for margin of error, um, and you really need to go in with confidence, um, 
with foot in the gas right away because teams will take advantage if you are on the back foot. There's, you know, if they, it's kind of like um, being in a dogfight, any signs of like nervousness or um, shyness or shying away, other teams will just smother you, you know. It's that level of competition where you need to bring your A game, you need to be ready because every game counts and there's no time to be pointing fingers or dwelling on past mistakes. It's, okay, that's happened, move on to the next thing because it's it's fast, you know. Does that apply in a sense to the results in the build-up? Because you know the three official games, um, obviously, mm-hmm. was one very heavy defeat. Other other two games against the Czechs and France, you know, there was competitive spells, but still, yep. no wins. But do you have, yep. have you consciously, as a group, maybe parked that, blocked that out, and essentially you're starting as you are starting zero and zero right now? Yep. Um, yes and no. Um, it's you can't. Although we didn't win any games. Um, Gemma explained that he deliberately picked teams, high-level teams that were going to be in Eurobasket to practice against tough competition because that is what we're going to face in the competition. Um, and not, it's not creating excuses, but it's putting a bit of um, perspective on it in that these teams, Slovenia, for example, have been in camp for um, six weeks longer than us. And I think Czech Republic, the same, that was really apparent in the game that they had a lot longer to you know, gel as a team. So you can't really directly compare with other teams from these preparation games because we're all at different um, stages. And I think it's kind of been good for us in terms of we've faced high-level competition. We know what the level is and where we need to be at. And I think we did improve game by game and we took lessons in the losses. And I do think um, that we're going to peak at the right time. You know, we've got a couple of days. We practiced yesterday. We're going to practice today. practice tomorrow. Um, and then first game on Thursday. And I think by... Thursday, you know, we'll, we'll probably have, won't be perfect, but we'll have found a much better rhythm, you know. I mean, everyone always talks under Chema of the GB way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you you were there almost at the start of the of his GB way and now you're, you're back again. What is yep. that GB way that can help this team, I guess, overperform in its reputation, if not in obviously yep. recent results? Um, I think that our biggest thing is... Um, sticking together and playing as a team um, and having a positive attitude. You know, Gemma places a, it's apparent that he places a lot of value on um, team camaraderie and positive um, positive attitudes. You know, there there's there's no room for pointing fingers or blame or moaning or complaining. It's, okay, here's a problem. How do we solve it? Let's solve it together and move on to the next thing. Um, and because we have had so little time to prepare, that is the only way that we've been able to move forward. And I think that is part of the, the GB way. Do you take some heart? I mean, you've got four players on the, on the roster with WNBA experience. Obviously, yep. Christine's come directly from there. Um, there's a lot of aces up your sleeve in this. Yes, definitely. Um, and it's amazing to be on the same team as these high-level players. Um, but it's also a challenge as well because you, you can put... You, you know, the five best players in the world on the same team, it doesn't mean that you're going to have a great team. Mm. Um, so that takes its own figuring out itself. Um, but, you know, being on the court with these these type of players, there's it almost gives you another level of confidence as well because you know what they're capable of and it gives you another level of confidence as well to do other things too. So um, I do think it's good that we have multiple weapons on the court and I think that's going to be great for us in this competition. Opening game, Slovenia, home soil, mm-hmm. their turf. Yep. 
fun or nightmare <laughs> or both for me for me personally that is fun like i couldn't think of um any other environment that i would want to play basketball and for me that is the pinnacle like a packed stadium you're the underdogs you're going against the home nation um you know that fuels my fire um some of my teammates may say differently but that's the kind of environment that i love and we did get a taste of that in france because um the whole stadium was packed um we were in france of course and the the crowd were really behind them you know so it was definitely like a six man so i think we got a good taste of that and a good experience of what's to come on that opening night because we are expecting it to be quite um not hostile but you know um very loud very in our face i mean germany friday afternoon i mean they're they're the lowest seeds in this group um Mm -hmm. but you know i guess they're a bit like gb and they're a big nation population wise there are yep. nations invested a lot in their basketball and their league, slightly like GB in certain respects, not all. Um, mm-hmm. But is, is do you guys look at that as a as a big test in terms of you know they're probably the team here that you're going to benchmark yourself against? Um, we haven't actually spoken much about Germany. I think we've our most, our main focus has been on Slovenia, that being in the opening game, and I think the mindset is. Um, just to tackle one problem at a time, you know, play the game against Slovenia and then we'll, we'll kind of move on to Germany. But I think um, we all know that there's no team in this league that we can write off, that they're, it's all, they're all going to give us a challenge um, and we're going to need to prepare and play um, to the best of our ability if we are going to um, achieve good results in this. In... Um, obviously, France, um, you played them twice. We know their record yep. in, in Eurobaskets with five runners-up spots in a row. Um, is that a game probably on Sunday where it's as much about nerves and as much about that composure as it is about, you know, match-up and tactics? Not, yeah, yeah, no. Um, I think it was good that we played against France. France did a good job of pressuring, pressuring us on the ball, making it difficult for us to get into our offences. So we know that they're going to be very aggressive. So I think now that having played them, we can kind of use some of their strategy against them. Um, and yeah, so definitely getting over the nerves and getting over um, them being the aggressors and trying to switch that round and make us the aggressors. That's kind of been that will be more the game plan um, going into that game on Sunday. How much are you personally driven, no matter what the minutes are? But is that part of you that having gone to your basket where yep. the results didn't come to go to to be able to come back from this year basket, whether it's first round, whether it's the final. But to come yep. back feeling that you've been on a team that that accomplished something that took steps forward. Yeah, for me personally, that's amazing. You know, I'm like I'm back on the world stage, getting to play the sport that I love at the highest level against the best in the world. So for me, it doesn't really get any better than than that. And um, to be on this team and to be part of that um, is amazing. And if and when I do get my chance, I'll just try and do what I, what I normally do, and what I do best, um, and. Hopefully that helps the team. Um, you kind of come out of retirement to try and play for the Commonwealth Games and you've mm-hmm. made that team. Now you're back uh, and you've made GB. So it's yep. kind of the reward. You just wasn't the international comeback you were expecting. Um, yeah. You said to me a few months ago, I mean, you've probably told us the answer to this with the new job, but you were, you were like, yep. oh, I'm not sure I'm going to retire 31. Do I want to do it? Is this a fairly safe bet you're back next season? Yeah, well, yeah. 
I think the club want me to be on a five-year plan, but I would say I'm taking one year at a time, but I'm definitely going to play next season. That's definitely <laughs> And do you, I mean, do you see that now you're back in, that you want to keep playing for GB if the, if the, the, the ankle holds up? Um, yeah, you know, as long as it's going well, I'd be, and as long as my body is hanging in there, I would definitely be up for throwing my hat in the ring, you know, whether, whether I make the team or not, um, I've thoroughly enjoyed this experience coming to camp and making the team. So I would definitely be up for, um, going into, going to any further camps in the future if I'm lucky enough to be invited. So, yeah. Wow. That's what I call a second wind, second career mm-hmm. and our second chapter. Yeah. Um, it's, it's quite a story. And let's hope there's some more interesting chapters to come over the next week or perhaps two weeks. But uh, yeah, good luck in see. your basket. Thank you very much, Mark. So let's have a little look around the other parts of your basket, women 2023, and the other groups, particularly in this first round. Group A, Spain, the favourites, top ranked, of course, in Europe, fourth in the world. They didn't have a great tournament in 2021, finished just seventh, way below their usual standards. The player that I'm really looking forward to see is Maria Conde. 20 years of age, real prospect. She was a young part of that team who won gold in, in 2017. Spain, you're looking for is a team that can be back to their best. And then third place, or second place, rather, a three-way battle. Latvia, Greece, Montenegro. Latvia unbeaten in the qualifiers. Can they continue that? Montenegro, really been consistent over the past decade, but looking maybe for that next step. And then Greece, traditionally not as strong on the women's side as they have been on the men's. They were last in 2021, but you know, have got talent there. Can they put it together and make a run in, into that second round? Group B, Belgium. We know a team that's been very consistent over the last five years. Lots of young talent building on that. Emma Mieseman, MVP of the WNBA Finals. Her teammate in Chicago, Julie Alamond. You know, they, they've grown as a group and, you know, we're looking for them to come out and finally win a major tournament. And they've got a chance in that one. The other three teams in that group, Italy, again, traditionally relatively strong, but have to put it together. You know, they could, could be a surprise run in that one. Cecchio beat GB, of course, twice last week again. And then maybe the outsiders in the group, Israel, they have home advantage, of course, in this tournament. Um, but I haven't really been able to put that together in a tournament situation we wonder if this will be the time with their home fans in front of them and then group d probably the most competitive of this opening round the defending champion serbia undoubtedly the favorites they've been on the eurobasket podium three times in in the past eight years including that win in 2021 and in, in 2015 uh, turkey and again another group that's very consistent they've they've been They've been top in so many you know, Euro baskets, but again, we're looking for them to put it together. Can they do it? And the other two teams in the group, really the outsiders in this one, Slovakia and, and Hungary. Uh, but if you look at the world rankings, they're very capable, both inside the, the top 25 in, in the FIBA standings and both teams that potentially could be could be upset candidates if, if they catch either Serbia or Turkey on the right day. More importantly, of course, from a British point of view, is Group C. And those two teams, France, you know, rank sixth in the world. They've been runners-up in the last five Eurobaskets. So you know, a powerful team, but one we know that hasn't been able to put it together when it really counts. And um, They will be the favourites, no doubt, in this group. They've, they've got talent in, in abundance. Um, but 
is this going to be the year that they finally win the European title for the first time in, in, in 14 years? Or are they, will they fall short again? Um, we wait to see. Um, elsewhere in that group, of course, I, I think the other three spots are really up for grabs, which is, is good news for, for GB, who are ranked 20th in the world. One spot behind the Slovenes, who have lots of talent they've got it you know that home advantage like as israel has in in this first round they're coached by georgius dikolakos experience there, a really good coach that that could be a game changer and then germany the lowest ranked team in the group back in your basket after a 12-year absence um you know they're they're a country again that's punching below their weight in in basketball terms on the women's side and um, is this going to be the breakout time for them not sure but that that game against gb on friday could be a really critical point for both those teams in terms of getting out of the first round and into the knockout stages of the competition the times for your diary to mark out in uk terms 5 p.m thursday for when gb play slovenia in that opening game in ljubljana in their group then friday mid-afternoon Kick off early, take a sickie, whatever you need to do. 2 p.m. start for Great Britain against France. And then on Sunday, that final group game, your Sunday lunchtime is sorted. 11.30 start UK time for GB against Germany. And we will then find out if GB will head on once again into the second round, the second phase, the knockout stages of Eurobasket. Now, it wouldn't be GB, we have to say, without politics being somewhere around a, a major tournament. And just seen this week an open letter from the British Basketball Federation chair, Chris Grant, talking about the jeopardy in which the Federation finds itself once again on the eve of a big tournament. You know, that the fact that basketball is by some metrics the second most played sport in the UK, the fact that UK sport only gave the BBF 500 grand a year that you know, pales in comparison to sports like sailing or, or canoeing and very much warning that there is a real need for, for more support, more help, both from those who have the investment within British sport and those of us in the media and elsewhere to really get behind this team. Does that impact on the floor? Of course it does. GB playing just four warm-up games going 0-4, two losses to Czechia, the Czech Republic in, in Prague and then last weekend two defeats to France. A lot of people worrying about the lack of game time in particular, but one of those is not Gemma Boutheta. Well, sometimes it's, it could be against or in favour, you never know, because now we know France better than, than if we didn't know then. I mean, now we don't know them. It is true that they know us, okay? But this is, at the end, this is who can take more advantage of the situation. Uh, I think uh, you have to play the games that you think are the best games for preparation. Uh, for us, it's not easy to find strong games because, okay, we are far from other countries in Europe. It's not so easy to, to, to travel to Great Britain. So, okay, but in any case, uh, we, we try to find strong teams. It doesn't matter if they are in our group, no, no problem. Now, what we, and also France, will have to do is to take advantage of the experience that we have to be ready on the game that we play against them. And I think this is it. And about the, the hopes for the competition that you ask, Temi said we have to go game by game, game by game. We are ambitious. Uh, this is why we were able to do something important in 2019. 
I don't know if it will be possible to go so far. We will try. Even we will try to go as far as possible, even more if possible. We are ambitious, but we have to go game by game. This is, uh, I think this is the key. This is the key. Okay, one game, then another game, another game. You, you, you talk about the first round. Okay, of course, we want to qualify. I mean, if we are last, we don't qualify. So, but game, game by game, this is it. It's not to think now, okay, in the, in the, in the long-term goal, we have to, to think in the short-term goal of every game. This is the important thing now for us. But being ambitious, being ambitious, this is important. We didn't come here just to show up, okay, just because we qualified. Okay, we were very happy to qualify in the last game, but, but it doesn't mean that we are here just because we qualified to go to the, uh, I don't know, the, uh, uh, the ceremony, you know what I mean, and it's very, it's very nice to have the ceremony and kiss everybody here, you know, tell me no, it's everybody, for example, <laughs> to hook, okay, no, 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 we can here to compete, we can here to play hard, we can here to win as much as possible, this is where we are here. Chairman Buthacha, as always, wearing his positive glasses. Now, let's talk to one other member of GB's team, another of the tournament debut, someone who really is, by every definition, one of the homegrown heroines of this team. A player with Leicester Riders last season who's really come into her own since making the GB squad for the first time a couple of years ago. And she comes from a town that has made quite the contribution to British basketball. Are both population 24,000 located away on the Angus coast, they gave us Gareth Murray. Now they've given us Hannah Robb. And I asked Hannah when I caught up with her what it means to have come from such a small town that is really a hoops epicenter. Yeah, it is really cool that me and Gareth Murray both grew up in the same place, started playing basketball at the same place, and have gone on to represent Scotland in GB. Um, we were really lucky to have great coaches there. Um, for me, it was Laura Hare and the late John Grant. Um, they were just two really influential people in growing basketball there, and both me and Gareth are, you know, really lucky and fortunate that we got to learn from both of them. With the Musketeers, the club in our booth, was there something that they did really well that allowed you to aspire and have that grinding that you can excel and be at European finals eventually? Um, for me, about the Musketeers, I love the togetherness of the club. Um, again, from being from a small town, we were really lucky that a lot of my teammates, we went to the same school, so we were able to you know, play and train there together. We then played at the same club, so we did spend a lot of time together and really formed that really close bond. Um, and that's something for me that I still kind of take pride on now when I play, is having that teammates and, you know, those connections are something that's really important to me now. For you, you didn't obviously go to college in the States. Uh, was that a deliberate choice at some point? Instead, you know, coming through the Scottish pyramid, going to Caledonia Pride, etc. Where, where was your pathway decided? I wasn't really sure kind of what I wanted to do and um, kind of taking basketball to the next level. And, you know, in Scotland, we only really have that. Before Caledonia Pride, there was just that National League level. Um, and I'd been playing there, you know, from 14, 15 years old. Um, so I knew I wanted to go to the next level. Um, and then it was just around the right time that Caledonia Pride became a club. And the thought of being able to play in the WBL and also stay home um, was really exciting for me. Um, you know, be able to go to uh, uni 
University of Edinburgh, get a good degree while also getting to take basketball to the next level, play for Bart, and um, was something that really excited me. So, yeah, that was, it was my choice. Do you feel, I mean, you're 168 metres, and, you know, you've, you've got that, you know, British sort of system there coming through that, you know, that it's a not traditional pathway. Have you felt like you're beating the odds and setting what's a really great example for our, you know, any young Scottish or British players that you can kind of come through a very traditional setup and excel? Yeah, I mean, like for me, I was the first player to come right the way through the Caledonia program and then um, be able to then represent GB and kind of move on. So um, I think it's really shown myself and I think hopefully other kind of younger players that, you know, your journey is your own. Um, you don't have to go kind of or do kind of what other people want you to do. Um, I chose to stay here um, and, uh, you know, people questioned it and wondered why I didn't go. Um, but it was 100% the right decision for me at the time. And it's look where I am now. Um, so, yeah, and I think, you know, that Caledonia Gladiators program is, you know, taking the next step. So, you know, there's there's that route for everybody now. What's your work ethic like? Because it must take a lot of hours of devotion in a gym, you know, shooting, lifting weights, whatever that might be, to to kind of make yourself into this player that you become. Yeah, it's something that I pride myself on is my work ethic. Um, kind of whatever I do, um, I will give it a hundred percent. The extra hours in the gym, um, especially like I was really lucky um, when I was at Caledonia Pride to have. Bart there you know we spent hours in the gym every week just doing extra work and that really like the first two years I spent there at Caledonia was really when I took the next step so I'm really lucky to have had Bart there and the kind of support from the university um but yeah it's something that um I do like to pride myself on is that kind of drive and that hunger um to kind of just keep working. What more has that added to your game getting to play for GB? getting that experience over the last couple of years of playing against very experienced internationally seasoned players who are playing in EuroLeague women or EuroCup. How does that inject something new, maybe better to your game? I mean, being at GB, you are, you're playing against and with some incredible players. Um, We're really lucky to have, you know, the likes of Temi on the team, like, you know, you just, you're learning every single time you're with them. Um, so I just try and like almost be a sponge and take in as much as I can, but also like still have like that confidence, you know, um, that I am here. Um, so kind of finding that balance between, you know, learning and taking in as much as you can, but also, you know, having that confidence to still go in and be able to play at this level. Um, it is a really, you know, a big step up from, um, you know the WBL and where we play domestically but um, it's really exciting to kind of get a taste of that next level and see kind of where we are and where we can go. Talking of Tammy, the new London Lion but also the new yeah. GB captain, what kind of captain is she being? Oh she's incredible. Um, Tammy does a really good job of just 
leading by example. She's like the perfect pro, um, you know, and she has done a really good job of um, making sure everybody on the team is on the same page and, you know, um, keeping us all like together. Um, she has been, she's been great. And, you know, we're really lucky to have her as a teammate and as the captain leading us here. As potentially your opponent next season, are you happy or concerned that she's coming back to this country? <laughs> I mean, she's a nightmare to play against. Yes, it shows the intent for Lions and kind of where the club wants to go. So it's it's great for them, but obviously for the rest of us in the league, um, it's quite a scary thought having to face Temi. <laughs> <laughs> GB, uh, a team of seven tournament debutants, including yourself. Mm-hmm. What has Chema Buteta been able to impart, and also players like Tammy as well, to help you all prepare mentally for what you're about to face? It's going to be a tough tournament, but we're we're really looking forward to it. Um, we haven't had the longest preparation window, but we've been really focused in the time that we've had. You know, we've done lots of practice sessions, lots of film, lots of meetings, and our preparation games have been against top teams. Um, you know, we just come from France, so um, we've really, like, we have challenged ourselves against um, some of the best opponents to really um, set the tone um, to be ready for tournament time. Do you feel, I mean, it's 0-3 in the build-up in terms of results, but what did you like from within those games that gives you confidence for this tournament? Um, I think it was really big for us to kind of see how we can come together as a team. You know, it's a relatively new group, but there's so much talent um, from every single one of us here. So seeing us come together in parts when we played in France is then really exciting because when we do all come together, you know, watch out. Um, it's, yeah, it's going to be good. Some people have talked about the lack of a pure point guard in this roster, but there's a lot mm-hmm. of combo guards like yourself. How has mm-hmm. that been schemed out in terms of sharing that playmaking responsibilities? Yeah, I think it it does allow um, a few of us to share and it allows us to play a bit more open and free because there's going to be two or three people on the court at once that can handle um, and can, you know, take a bit more responsibility when we need to. So um, I think it's been good for us. Um, Yeah, we can kind of, the three, two or three of us on the court together can work together and share that responsibility between us and play free and a bit more open. Slovenia up first on Thursday. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's nothing like playing the house and their home court. <laughs> It'll be a noisy home crowd. I'm sure a very partisan home crowd. Um, is that an exciting prospect as a player? Yeah. I mean, we got, again, a taste of it when we played in France, but being able to play the home country on their home court here, first game, is going to really set the tone for the tournament. But, It's something that, you know, we're excited about. We're not shying away from. Um, For us, it's it's first game of the tournament, so we're not really thinking too much about all that kind of outside outside factors. If anything, it excites us more than kind of nerves. So it'll be good. You've got Germany Friday, France again Mm -hmm. on Sunday. Um, Is there anything you've picked up from those last two games against them in Lyon that you think... That gives us a shot. Um, for us, I mean, we've shown that we can compete with them. Um, France are one of the top teams top teams here, top teams in Europe. So for us to kind of 
go there and give them two really good games and games that we were happy with, um, you know, focusing on our performance, it's given us confidence coming into the tournament. So we're excited to get going. It's a very new group, in a sense, in terms of tournament experience. It's a sort of new generation with people like Azania and Chantel that have retired over the last year or so. Is this the time for the new generation to put their hands in the air for the next five years leading up to the LA Olympics? We do have a really new and exciting group. And yeah, I mean, our focus is the tournament right now. But um, yeah, we are looking looking a bit ahead. And hopefully um, with who we have here, we can form a new part, like a new kind of group and kind of continue what the likes of the Chantel, Rachel Vanderwall, Joe Liedem, like the likes of them, we can hopefully follow in and continue continue the GB way like they started. Women's basketball in this country doesn't get the spotlight that often. And tournaments like this don't come round all the time. And for the next Hannah Robb, whether it's in a small coastal town or a big city, wherever that might be, do you guys savour that inspiration factor that you can bring? Yeah, for like it's it is a big thing for me because I am just, you know, a kid from a small town. When I first picked up a basketball I never thought I'd be anywhere near like so it again, you know, and anything's possible, I guess. So it didn't take all it took for me was a PE teacher to show me a basketball and kind of support me in that and here I am. Um and you know, some really good coaches, really good teammates along the way. So for me to kind of then in turn be that teammate for somebody else or be that helping hand for some somebody else is, you know, a really special thought and something that um is kind of kind of big for me. So yeah, I'm really just taking it in all my stride and kind of doing what I can to kind of help anyone I can. Um because I know how special special of a journey it's been for me. Last one. What's the expectation? What's the prediction for this tournament? Oh we're going here to win. <laughs> we're not just you know, the first goal was to make Eurobasket. We did that, and we're not just happy just being here now. We want to come here and compete and really show everybody what we can do. Um, we're not going into any game like, okay, it's fine. Like, we're going in here every game going to win. So it's it's going to be really exciting. We're all really excited to get going. Um, and just well, we're, kind of we're all really excited we to watch it. We're all rooting for you. Yeah. And Thank um, you. Good luck. Thank you very much. So an exciting weekend of basketball to come for GB. We wait and hope and pray with anticipation for that one. That is it for though for this edition of the MVP cast. Don't forget, if you want to watch those games, let me tell you, of course, they're on new streaming platform, gbbasketball.tv. We'll have all the information. That's where you can sign up for that and also raise some money for GB Basketball when you're at it. If you want to get any of our previous editions of the podcast, you can get them at mvp247.com. If you want to find us, get us on social media. Just search for MVP247. Or if you want to reach out to me, you can get me on Twitter at Mark Brittle. Another edition of the MVP cast coming very soon. But for me, Mark Woods, thank you so much for your company and it's goodbye.